Hello, I'm Roger Baker, Executive Director of the Stratfor Center for Applied Geopolitics at RAIN. This podcast is brought to you by RAIN Worldview, the premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Find out how RAIN can help you stay ahead of global events at rainnetwork.com. This is the Essential Geopolitics Podcast from RAIN. I'm Emily Donahue. Welcome. Let's talk about the geopolitics of Taiwan and its position as a central point in the great power competition between the U.S. and China, and its role as a bellwether for China's ambitions in the Pacific. I know, that's a lot to manage. So, for guidance, I asked Chase Blazik to join us. He's Asia-Pacific Analyst with RAIN. Chase, it is great to have you back on the podcast. Great to be here again, Emily. Can you tell me how activities around Taiwan changed in the short term since U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visited in early August? Yeah, it was certainly an unexpected development uh, that has changed the status quo of both U.S.-China and Taiwan-China relations and, in general, the world's relations with China, um, because this was an instance where an individual's decisions drove geopolitics when normally it is pragmatism. It is, you know, Washington-Beijing relations. It is military um, developments that drive this relationship in in a very uh, regimented and intentional way. But in this case, it was one congressperson who wanted to go, and she did go, and China responded accordingly with the biggest military drills we've seen in a quarter century. Um, live fire of missiles and artillery into the waters around Taiwan, incursions via aircraft uh, and naval vessels all around Taiwan. And that seems to be, it's it's still in the recent past, so we can't say for sure, but it seems to be where we're ironing out at this new status quo is whenever someone visits Taiwan or does something that China doesn't like, it is, we will fly planes here or there. Uh, We will cross the Taiwan Strait Median Line, which China didn't used to do. We will send ships around Taiwan's northeastern and southeastern coasts, which is a little bit normal, uh, more normal. But these sorts of military, um, I wouldn't say threats, they're kind of threats, but military shows of force uh, are what we can expect to see uh, in the future going forward here, um, which, like I said, is is somewhat new. Um, And we are seeing the U.S. still planning to do freedom of navigation operations through the Taiwan Strait, to which we can expect Uh, China to respond similarly. Um, And all of this risks um, these sorts of at sea and in the air collisions as China's fielding planes, Taiwan is trying to ward them off, the US is sailing through, China's trying to ward them off. The more these folks are going in and out, uh, the more we have the risks of these uh, small crises popping up. Chase, a lot of this escalation uh, is more than just Nancy Pelosi, am I correct? I mean, part of this is Uh, Chinese leadership saying that time is coming close for China to reclaim Taiwan or to assert its influence there. Right. A hundred percent. This is not just Nancy Pelosi. A a lot of this is political, too. It's a very sensitive year for China. They're going to be holding their 20th Party Congress, which is a once every five year development. Xi Jinping is going to be getting his uh, relatively unprecedented third term as the leader of China, um, the the general secretary of the Chinese Communist Party, to be exact. Um, And so ahead of all of that, Beijing feels the need to respond strongly to perceived threats to China's sovereignty. 
So when Nancy Pelosi does something like this, China is also responding particularly heavily right now. Uh, and as you mentioned, there's a lot of talk about what this means for China's plans for Taiwan. Uh, me and my colleagues, we're, we're of the, the, the camp that we don't believe what's happened in Ukraine, what's happened because of Pelosi, is really changing China's long-term calculus uh, on Taiwan and invasion uh, and all of that, all, all the, the details attached with that. Um, but it is a particularly politically sensitive time uh, in China, as well as the U.S. You know, the, the November midterms are coming up. So both the Democratic Party and the, the Republican Party in the U.S. are going to compete with each other to see who can be more anti-China or pro-Taiwan. They're sort of one and the same these days. And so visits like this also have a dom domestic purpose uh, in the United States to, to further people's own, either their party's ambitions or their personal ambitions. So there's a lot of other stuff uh, on the periphery of these issues that's influencing what are normally very high level, very military to military, government to government decisions. Should we be looking at further Taiwan developments that could happen this fall? Yeah, there's a few. Um, we've seen in the wake of the Pelosi visit, there was another visit of, of congresspersons um, and then yet another um, this this uh, earlier this week, as well as a Japanese uh, delegation of lawmakers that went to Taiwan. So those sorts of things, China is going to respond in kind like they have with military flights across the Taiwan Strait, uh, median line, things like that. Um, and there, there's a German delegation expected in October and a British delegation expected in in November, I believe, to, to visit Taiwan as well. So this is becoming, <laughs> uh, it has been a pattern in the past, but it seems these things are accelerating uh, in their pace. Um, so those are sort of some smaller developments, but we can expect pretty normal tit for tat like we've seen in the last month uh, from China for those. Um, otherwise, we're also going to see the Taiwan local elections uh, this November, um, which could see the ruling DPP in Taiwan, which is the more anti-China party of the two. Um, we could see them win a, a bunch of seats because the last time China threatened Taiwan <laughs> with missiles and artillery, uh, it did not go the direction China wanted it to in Taiwanese politics. Instead of scaring the Taiwanese, it pushed them to vote for, for more pro-independence uh, individuals in office. So we could expect something similar this November. And, and if, if that does happen with the DPP winning many seats in local elections, China could similarly respond with more of these sorts of offhand trade measures we've seen, blocking agricultural exports, getting more custom scrutiny, those kinds of things that aren't going to hurt the economies of, of China, Taiwan, or the U.S. on a large scale, but are meant to target very uh, tailored political constituencies and send a message. On the other hand, we're also expecting after Xi Jinping gets his third term at the 20-party Congress, Beijing will feel a little bit more secure and will have less of a need for this bluster and show of force. Um, to be clear, Taiwan is still a very, it's a critical issue to China. So just because she gets his third term doesn't mean they say, oh, it's no big deal. You can go to Taiwan anytime you want, you know, U.S. legislators. But it does mean that the, the very acute political motivation for, for being seen to be strong in the face of, of U.S. actions toward Taiwan is a little bit lessened after this November. Well, what about the future of China and Taiwan relations? Yeah, like I was sort of hinting at earlier, um, we're not expecting much of what's happened recently in Ukraine or from Nancy Pelosi's visit to really affect the long-term trajectory uh, of Taiwan-China relations, meaning you know, China's willingness to impose concerted economic and military campaigns on Taiwan, 
or even an invasion. We don't expect any of this has sort of accelerated that timeline. We have seen the tools escalate a little bit, right? China more willing to use these military tools in a way they haven't before. But nonetheless, the, the timeline for that, that big question of invasion really hasn't changed um, too much. But what we are going to be watching for is more of these punctuated uh, politically fraught events, right? Like the Pelosi visit, um, like other lawmakers' visits, like uh, moves by the Taiwanese uh, pro-independence wing of the ruling party. All of these things, you know, nationalists in China pushing the government to do something about Taiwan, all of these are particular events that though all three parties, China, um, Taiwan, and the United States don't want to push things to conflict, all of these individual smaller political events will continue to punctuate this peace, you know, unsteady peace that we have um, and threaten to throw a wrench in the systems of, you know, how Washington, Beijing, and Taipei are planning for cross-strait relations to go versus how they actually play out with some uh, more fraught and more intense events like we've seen in the last couple months happening when these events do pop up. Chase Blazik is an Asia-Pacific analyst at Rain. Thank you, Chase. Thank you, Emily. Rain Worldview is the industry-leading geopolitical intelligence solution. Analysis, interactive graphics, risk trackers, and global threat monitoring are just a few of the functions that you can find in Worldview. Sign up for a trial at rainnetwork.com. That's R-A-N-E network.com. I'm Emily Donahue. We'll be back soon. 